Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line is a fellow Canadian. And uh, for all you guys that maybe don't like the stuff I do, blame this guy because he made <laughs> it happen for me down in America back in the day. And I'm talking about uh, Honda Shane Drew. What's up, Droopy? Um, uh, first off, I'm not claiming any responsibility <laughs> for you being down here. Well, I, I hate to say it, but I mean... you. Y- you were the driving force. I, uh, if I gave you a ride somewhere down here, I must have needed someone to help me drive or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do remember, um, just to quickly recap, um, I wanted a job bad as a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we had had a mutual friend named Daryl that was doing it, and you were yeah. working for Kyle Lewis at Nolene. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you telling me, dude, nobody's going to hire you from Winnipeg, Canada. So, right. um, you know, you need to come down and meet people. And like Start I scraped, hands and yeah, either. yeah, and I scraped together my last like three or four hundred bucks, and I met yep. you at Denver. Yeah, I remember you, that. Yeah, and you took me around, and I did meet somebody, and I did get a job, and it all started from there. Yeah, who's that first job you had? The fir- the well, at, uh, well, the first job I did Minnesota? actually, Jason McCormick oh, paid okay. me to wrench for him just at Mount Morris. Cool. Uh, and then I met uh, uh, PJ One Yamaha guy. Yeah, and then yeah. I got on with that, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you were the guy. You were my inspiration. And what rider did you work for at the PJ1 Yamaha? Corey Keeney. Corey Keeney. Yeah. Right, last from the past there. And you were taking Kyle Lewis, number 11, to uh, top yep. privateer, I think, that year. Is that 96? 96, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, we had um, a good year. Me and Kyle had a good year that year. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, that was my introduction. I remember you were trying to line me up with Bruce Stratton and trying to get me to do different guys, but like, like you said, nobody's going to just call you up in Canada. Right. So that's how it worked. Sure, sure. So it was it was good, but um, so yeah, so I'm so responsible. You're responsible because I never really went home after that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, thanks a lot. Are you legal yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 
Long time legal. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, right. though. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a little dicey for a lot of Canadians back in the oh, day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we had a friend that got busted, one somebody we know. But um, Never mind. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, director of chassis development for Honda Racing? Uh, yeah, I yeah. oversee the chassis and suspension department for the race team. Um, not really anything to do with the production side of it, but the right. race team. Race team only. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and obviously, uh, bummer for you guys right now, Trey Kennard getting hurt, Josh Grant being hurt all year. So Yeah, you know, it's a tough sport. Yeah. Yeah, um, let me ask you this. Uh, any idea Trey Kennard would be as good as he has been? Um, you know, when you're back in those long day, days in November, December at the test track and, and you're, you're working with the kid. Well, put it this way. We did those six races with him last year. Right. And obviously he was pretty awesome. Yeah, but the field was, was depleted. But actually, but right. the field was, you know. And, right. and And he was generally getting, you know, he was getting thirds, but he was 30 seconds behind Dungey, right? Right, right. So, but when he come out at the end of the year to start Supercross testing again, like right away, it was whole wow. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, right from first week at the test track. So I think uh, you know his success at the outdoor championship last year definitely helped with confidence, mm-hmm. and you could tell the way he was riding. Yeah, and and right away you watch the guy, and it was holy cow, this kid's fast. Right, right. But I honestly thought he would have more. You know, he had some rookie mistakes this year in yeah. Supercross, but I thought he'd have more of them. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, I was very impressed with that. Yeah, he's held it together for the most part. Obviously, yeah, he had a few bad, you know, mm-hmm. some errors, but right. Um, yeah, yeah, bummer. And Grant, um, Grant's been out all year, looking to come back early in the outdoors, huh? Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't think he'll be ready for the first one, but probably right. round three. What's that, Mount Morris? I think. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much you can confirm or deny, but I hear Wyndham signed up for the first two or three. Um, yeah, I know Eric Keel has been talking to him about doing it. Yep. Um, I, as of today, I don't know what the status is. Right. Um, I don't know if he's going to do two or three or maybe the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Depends what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah. We saw last year. He can still ride pretty good. Yeah, he, uh, he <laughs> won that one race there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Um, and you've been at Honda since 1997. Um, yeah. You've been there as different capacities. Shane, yeah. uh, Tor- yeah. Tortelli's mechanic. Um, one year you were loaned out to the factory connection team to work for yeah. Rocco. Yeah. Um, help me out. Well, I started there. I got a job yeah, there we'll, December. We'll get of there. Yeah, we'll get to why you okay. got hired there. But okay. just over the years, you've worked for. I was yeah, I was a test mechanic for a couple of years. Tortelli guy. Tortelli for four. The Rocco guy. Wyndham Rocco. for a year. Um, Did you work for Wyndham for a year? No, never directly. Oh, oh okay. No. no. And no. after Rocco, I kind of went back in house at Honda, and yeah. then that kind of developed into the. The whole uh, chassis thing. Do you miss being a race mechanic? Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> yeah. that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes and no. When when you know, as, well you know you, right. you put your heart and soul into building a beautiful race bike every weekend. It, you got a lot of pride in it, you know. Yeah. Or well, mine was never beautiful, but it was oh, well very yeah. good. Yeah. You're your best, you know. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was, you got a lot of pride. You got a lot of pride in your work. And, yeah. When you go out and you know, you know the guys on the track, and he's your guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got a lot of a lot of a lot of heart and pride going into that whole job. But now, what I do, you know, working with all the riders on right. the team so closely, that's really cool, also. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, but the, the the competitiveness isn't there so much, huh? As, uh, like in the trenches with the pit board, you know. Yes and no, but like yeah. I say, you, you're 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 backed away from. In the trench with one guy, right. but you're so involved with every guy that I think it evens out. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. You know? Well, you, you obviously don't like Chad Reed. You ignored him when he fell in the first <laughs> turn. I mean, we, we all saw yeah, that. Oh, no, I ran over and stood on his bike. Yeah, that's it. That that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah. Hey, what, no, what hey, a, you know what's bad about that whole deal? What's that? Start of the year. Start of the Supercross, right? Yeah. Anaheim won. Right. You know, the, T, the AMA gives out or Feld gives out. And for people passes. for people who are listening that don't understand, I, I, I wrote in my column, um, every OEM gets somebody to stand in the first turn, and Shane uh, lots of times draws yeah. that straw and stands in the first turn to help out any Honda riders that fall down. But yeah. he missed Chad Reed in Houston because Reed was buried. And <laughs> yeah, rare. yeah. So, so the round one, you know, they give out the two passes. We get one. Faction Connection gets one. Right. And Dave Osterman, Chad's guy, says, "Hey, where's mine?" Yeah. And we explain to him there's only two per manufacturer. Yeah. I said, "Dave, don't worry. Chad falls down. I got him handled." <laughs> so what happens? Chad falls down. I didn't have him handled. No, no, I did not I, see him on the bottom. And of that neither pile. did the the Geico guy either. Neither of you yeah. guys. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't on purpose. No. But it just, no. It is but funny. I like how the the a lot of the guys on the internet made it out to be that you know where we oh I know trying to keep them down and oh I know. But it was but, funny. Uh, you know, I was trying to articulate that there's no way in the world that you would ever do that. Right. But some people right. still took it that way. I know. Right. Um, what uh, talking about Reed a little bit? Uh, I noticed that you've slid him some of your clamps, and I don't know if you mm-hmm. can confirm or deny that. I've seen mm-hmm. them though; they're pretty obvious. Yeah, um, kind of hard to hide. Uh, what's your thoughts on that deal? Is he, surpri- he Did he surprise you? I mean, did that whole thing come together, and you're like, okay, all right, you guys at Honda are watching him, and obviously he's the top Honda rider right now. Yeah, you know, but his whole deal came together pretty late. So even, you know, on Honda's end, mm-hmm. there's, you know, all your budgets are committed to mm-hmm. what you're doing long before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't a lot available to him. Right. But obviously a guy's his level, you're going to try to get him whatever good parts you can. Yeah. So the whole deal was, you know, we'll we'll give you X amount of stuff guaranteed and then, you know, mm-hmm. whatever we can, we'll we'll yep. help you with. Yep. But we've been we've been involved, involved a little bit technically yep. in his deal the whole year. Right. And from the sounds of it, there may be a little more technical involvement for the last two races, but you probably um, can't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're <laughs> we're you no know, obviously he's our he's yeah. our he's no our last great hope. So. It's it's great. I mean, Lars is over at your truck, uh, uh, good and bad, and uh, you guys uh, are over there. I think we see Lars <laughs> in our truck more now than when he worked for us. <laughs> the best move we ever did was hire Lars, huh? <laughs> yeah, that I, was. I, I, well, actually, it was a smart move because yeah. he's the only guy on their team that has the Honda experience. Yeah. Right. So, and, and Lars knows that bike inside and out. So, And it's like you guys making a joke about Lars, too. If, if you don't have something for him, Lars can take it off his practice bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a good move on Reed's part. Um, uh, let's go into the time machine here. We've covered this year a little bit. Well, actually, let me talk. Let me let me go to here first. Yeah. As a suspension guy, I mean, you we've known each other for 20 years. Um, I've You've always been in a suspension. I remember watching you moto down on your bike, come in, do a shock revalve change, go back out. Suspension's been your thing for you know your whole life. Mm-hmm. Now you're learning uh, probably more and more all the time from the Japanese and the engineers and things like that. What and breaking it down on a, on a common level, what are some of the mistakes or what are some of the things that you find the local racers don't do or do to their suspension that you know can help them or hurt them? What's like just a basic thing you've really learned over the 20 years of being involved in this stuff? Um. Like I always tell guys, I tell guys, and I hope none of my buddies who own aftermarket suspension companies are listening, but I always tell my buddies, like, hey, find the right spring rate, find the right oil height, play around, and you'd be surprised how much you can get out of it. 
stock stuff. You know, that's for for a journalist, that's pretty a smart uh, thing to say. Well, it's, no. that no, was. No, I was going to say I don't want to take away from all the aftermarket. Right? No, no, guys. no. Yeah, but I'm but just again. Yeah. I, you don't. So many people before they even ride the bike, they're sending their stuff off and spending a thousand dollars on. Right. You know, it's ridiculous. Right. Like you say, get the right spring rates, check sag. You know, mm-hmm. that's important, and service the stuff regularly. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I remember when I worked at Nolene, you know, at first I went there, I worked for Larry Brooks. Right. And that didn't work out. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay, but <laughs> that's a different story, yeah. I went and worked in, in the suspension shop at Nolene for a while. Yeah. And we'd get so much just piles of crap suspension sent in, all like old Olin stuff that had never been serviced in 20 years and everything. Right. And, but those were the guys that you made so happy just because you made the stuff work like it's supposed to. Right, right. And it's unbelievable how good they said. It's like you're just you're you know doing miracles for them. It's like I yeah. just made it work right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, that's the key. So service in the suspension regularity is key. Right. Right. And how often do you think? How soon do you think the oil starts breaking down in in production stuff? Um. Well, I think after the first five six hours of riding brand new stuff, you mm-hmm. should get a change just because yep. all the break in period. Right. Right. And then yeah, every twenty hours after that. Oh, 20, huh? Yeah, yeah, that many? Yeah. Um, I know when you... It's you know, pretty good quality nowadays, you know? When you take apart brand new stuff that's got a lot of time on it that's never been done, you will find bits of aluminum inside the shim stacks, you know, just yeah. from from, yeah. from where yeah. and yeah. things that and, people don't realize. But the, and, and how, you know, when the, how, how good they're assembled right from the start, if they, mm-hmm. you know, how good they're clean and stuff. There's a lot of crap in there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another thing people don't realize, I think, is the effects of... Uh, a twin wall handlebar of triple clamps bolting on triple clamps. Oh yeah, uh, huge. It's just massive, right? Huge. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these guys go out, and you know, and it's it's more important now with the aluminum frames. Right, right. The aluminum frames are really, really good, but they're they're designed to do a certain thing, and any changes like that really affect it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's crazy. Engine that... hangers and like yeah. yeah, triple clamps that you know. The webbing, so the thickness of the webbing on aftermarket triple clamps or the whatever. The around where the what edges are, everything like that. It's crazy, right? <laughs> and actually, 450 is a lot more sensitive than 250F. Yeah? That's, yeah. What, that's what you find? Yep. Because yep. of the power, because I of the weight? because of the engine, you know, the torque of the engine right. winds right. things up and makes mm-hmm. things want to twist and move. And Yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't that surprising to me. Well, first of all, we've kind of reached a level where the fork sizes have sort of maxed out with aluminum frames. Um, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, uh, it wasn't that surprising to me to see Langston a few years ago go back down to production sizes, production clamps. Um, it wasn't that surprising to me. Uh, you know, it was like, hey, he wants some more flex built into this thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of split on that whole thing. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got hours and hours on the fork and shock dynos, you mm-hmm. know, to back up your your, your theories on on mm-hmm. that. But um, uh, so, what what kind of stuff can an average guy where can he see some improvement on, on, on a suspension? If, he, if he's done the spring rate and he's done the, the valving, or he's done the spring rate, he's done oil, he's done that kind of stuff, um, what should a guy look at for next, do you think? Um, I think if you're going to, going to get your stuff done by mm-hmm. an aftermarket company, mm-hmm. if you've got somebody that's good quality, that's relatively local, mm-hmm. you should do that because um, I they'll, think the biggest thing to work get, with you. Yeah, the yeah. biggest thing to get in your suspension working good is just some attention. Right. You know? And actually, and I don't know if you're ever going to ask this part, but that's one thing that's, you know, everyone asks what's so great about a works bike, a works team. Yeah. 
is the fact that we go testing for days and days on a time and make a bunch of changes and we can get the thing, you know, mm-hmm. really dialed in for each rider. Right. Yeah. No, I, I do tell people that too. Like the, if you need a, a you know, you need a shifter lengthened or shortened or foot peg raised or lowered or, yeah. you know, the yeah. bike is made yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, now having said that, how much, how much are the settings different between a short and a Millsaps and a Trey Canard? I mean, is there anything that's been mind blowingly different about the riders you've worked with over the years? Something caught your eye like that somebody just, uh, you know, Wyndham stuff looks soft, but I mean, I, I mean, you worked with them on the outdoors last year, so is there anything like that that blows you away? Um, I actually think, um, at least just talking from my own experience, yeah. if you get a good setting, you don't have to stray very far. And from my experience, almost every rider will like it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, something that works in principle. You may Some, have to adjust for weight. Get the right spring rate on for how Right spring rate for how heavy or light the guy is, yeah. and the setting will work damn close. Right, right. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. No, I mean, you're not, it's just not trying to reinvent the you know, wheel, right? When, when Kevin when Kevin rode our bike last year, mm-hmm. you know, he he uh, we went, we went out testing two days with him before he first his first race. Yeah, I know he liked. I think I gave him Davy Millsap's forks and Andrew Short's shock. Because <laughs> right. in my opinion, I thought those were the best settings we had. Yeah. And that's the way we raced the first race. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, we changed the shock just a tiny bit, and he was good for the rest hey, of the stuff year. stuff looks so soft always. And now it does, su- yeah. super cost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what's his deal? Why is he doing that? Um, I think, I think... Uh, uh, old habits? What was that? Old habits? No, actually, I think, I think it's... How do I put this? Politically correct. Oh, okay. I don't want to get you in trouble. I'm not no, trying, yeah. no, 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 no. Every suspension guy, suspension shop has kind of their own theories on what works best. Okay. And I think I think Ziggy does a really good job, and he likes. He's really good at setting stuff up fairly soft and makes it work really well that way. Okay. All right. Yeah. So just different theories. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, he, Kevin, made a comment to me um, in a podcast last week after Seattle. And uh, I was surprised. I was like, wow, I didn't realize he knew that because, uh, you know, Ferries told me that. Reed's told me that. Like, hey, this stuff is soft. You know, yeah. said, Kevin's stuff is soft. And you start watching it and you're like, wow, it's really low in the stroke, you know. A lot um, of movement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, interesting to come about. How much – another thing I went, went to ask you before we get into your journey – you you have a Showa guy. He's he's uh-huh. he's paid for from Showa. He's yep. supplied by Showa in Japan. Yep. Yep. Um, is there a constant? Do you, you know, he he does something, then you go in at night and switch back to your settings, and he goes in at no, night no, when no, you're no, sleeping. No, no. <laughs> no, Ryo Okuda. Ryo Okuda is our Showa guy. Okay, he works exclusively for our team. Yep, he actually does majority of his work at our shop. We have a suspension shop area. Yep, so he works there, and we work totally. Totally hand to hand, always on the step same and page. step. Yeah, I always wonder about that yeah. though. You know, the guy, me, yeah. Him and I work really, really well together. Right. Okay. So we we're constantly bouncing ideas off stuff. We're constantly what we see, what we see of other guys' bikes, other competitions' bikes. Right. You know, um, we'll come up with a plan. Um, say, okay, we watch something at the race, and we go, okay, we got to find a setting that's more this direction. Right. And we'll go in there Monday, Tuesday, and work on the dyno. He'll build settings, and we'll run shit all day long on the dyno. Yep. Until we come up, so hey, this okay, this is the target we wanted to get, and then we'll go to the test track and try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've heard of other OEMs over the years. This was a couple of years ago, where the Showa guy—well, I'm sorry, not Showa guy—it was another company—battled mm-hmm. with the in-house 
uh, OEM guy mm-hmm. uh, over stuff. And, and, and it just seems like, hey, more cooks in the kitchen hurts, right? Uh, uh, but you guys are in tune with each other? Yeah, a lot of cooks are bad, I guess, if you're using all different ingredients. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, though? Like, <laughs> yeah, one guy has yeah. one philosophy, one guy has another, and they're kind of fighting over what they want to run and what they want to yeah. try, and it yep. just can't be good, you know? No. And inevitably, when things are – when the results aren't there, yeah, then you start looking at everything, right? Right, right. And everyone, I got this idea, and they got this idea, and you got, a, you know, 20 different ideas. and mm-hmm. and But when results are – when you're doing fairly well with results – Yeah then it seems like it's easier to stay on the same page and just keep going the direction you want to go. Yeah, yeah, right, huh? But, like, Ryle doesn't have a ton of years' experience, mm-hmm. but he's really, really smart. Right. He thinks really good. So he's analytical. Life. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, hey, I've actually been to Southwick. Let me tell you what, you know. Yeah, or I've wrote it, you know, or and yeah. I, you know. Yeah. That's true, and I try not to because it's been many, many years. No, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. real-world experience versus analytical experience. It's yeah. perfect. It's a yeah. perfect mix, almost. Uh, and then, and then... And then another thing that's really good about him, uh-huh. he's super calm. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the races. Yep. You don't need a, a, a little hurricane buzzing around, <laughs> like, freaking out on everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, Ryan yeah. comes in, we talk to him. Yeah. And we go, and Ryan will make, okay, let's, we'll discuss the plan we're going to do, and then we go do it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, as a chassis guy, how much how much are you involved with tire selection and air pressure? and? Uh, yeah, that's that's totally... Totally my what I gotta. That's your deal, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, because yeah. it all affects it. Yeah. I, I really learned that at Yamaha, that one change affects another, which affects another. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. it's crazy to, yeah. to think that, but uh, it really does. Yeah, it all it all ties together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more and more and more experience and of you got doing it, and riders' opinion of doing things, then you you can kind of short shortcut a lot of different steps. That right. You know, you know, if I do this, I could do this and this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Make it work. Uh, um. But di- totally different team this year um, for for Honda. Josh Grant, Trey Kennard. You had Millsaps and Short, mm-hmm. which probably couldn't be more different riders, huh? As far as they ride and setups and and results. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, actually, Short was pretty. Davy Davy liked this stuff. Davy was pretty stiff with all the stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so he was kind of out on the edge, I think, of that. Mm-hmm. Where. Trey is kind of on the other side, on mm-hmm. the on the real soft side. But yep. Grant and Short, you'd be surprised how close their stuff is. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Josh Grant's settings this year aren't much different than than uh, Shorts from last yeah. year. Similar build, I guess, but different riding styles. Yeah. Um, but what what works? What works? Yeah. Um, how much of uh, how much of I I think when the the 2009 Honda came out, it. Uh, Definitely. I mean, I don't know how much you heard of it, but I heard it from your riders. They didn't like the bike. Um, radically different. Uh, very compact. Very small. Very tight. Uh, but it seems like you guys have made big gains on that new chassis in a year. And uh, last year, people loved it. And uh, mm-hmm. again, you don't even hear it. It's not even an issue anymore. Um, you guys have definitely worked on the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel that's fair? You think that's a fair, um, fair comment? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we when that new bike came out, we got caught out a little bit because we went and tested it quite a while before it came out in production, mm-hmm. and our riders actually really liked it. Right. But we found out in hindsight that we kind of tested it in really limited conditions, and so real hard-packed track, things pretty damn good, you know? Right, right. But as soon as we went somewhere where it was, like, soft and rutted, and yeah. it's like, man, we got some work to do. Yeah. And it, it kind of, you know, we went back east, and it kind of caught us up. So it took us a good year to really figure it out. Right, yeah. And I feel like you guys have definitely caught up to it now. 
And, yeah, uh, I think I honestly think our bike is really, really, really good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've uh, had a lot of riders ride it in the last few years. Last year, that's and they've all commented that it's really good. Yeah, I think, and I think Yamaha last year was where you guys were at the year before, be, or yeah. even this year. You know what I mean? And yeah. where guys are figuring it out, like JGR got their bikes late, as you guys did too, right? The bike came out late, um, or no? No, nah, we had a producer. I don't. Oh, actually, okay. maybe did. I don't. No, no, no. But even, even, I even thought the work stuff. You guys were waiting on and stuff. Uh, some parts. But no, I remember we rode it at uh, um, the U.S. Open that fall. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Our settings were horrible, but, but we wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and hey, and and as far as going from an 08 to an 09, uh, throw everything out. I mean, was yeah, it? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, it yeah. was a lot of work to get yeah. it to go. Because I mean, everything was changed, right? Yeah. It was a, yeah, it, it was definitely a different motorcycle. Right, right. So you guys had just gotten to that 08 and working good and running good. People don't realize this stuff behind the scenes as far as a, a race team goes, you know. I mean, production bike, it's like, hey, it's a damn good production bike no matter what. But What what we found was, you know, our 08 had been around for a long time without right. any changes. Yeah. And you kind of knew the thing inside it out. And you knew what it did well and you knew what it didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And then we got our new bike and it's kind of flip-flopped. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it did well was completely opposite of the 08. What the, the, the 08 did well. Yeah, completely. Right. But we found the window was really small where it worked. Mm-hmm. So we get riders that really loved it or really hated it mm-hmm. um, from yeah. day to day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, like I, Ivan Tedesco is not going to jump on an 09 Honda anytime soon. No, but. Although maybe now he would love it, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I bet you if you rode our bike now, he would really like it. Right, right. Because yeah. that's what I was kind of leading to. One of the goals we really made, had, our, our goal to do was make the window really big where it worked. Right. And I think we've accomplished that. Right. Yeah. Because, you know. Thing looks good. You know, Davey and Andrew, you know, Dave, well, Davey was never happy, but, you know, mm-hmm. but it was hard, a difficult guy to work with. But right. Andrew was always happy. And then we got Kevin jumped on it for six races, thought it was fantastic. Trey yeah. jumped on it for six races, thought it was really good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for Wyndham to give me a comment about the bike because, you know, he's an older guy, maybe set in his ways and, and you know, working with different people and different things and a little different components. Uh, mm-hmm. But he loved it, loved mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, had nothing but good things to say about it. He was mm-hmm. careful not to trash the, his Geico bike at all. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. And he never did. But... Yeah, because he, he goes good on it too. Right, you know? right, yeah, exactly. Um, how much different is the stuff you run with getting into as much specifics or as little specifics as you want? How much different is the stuff you run compared to, uh, the Geico guys? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. 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 The last, uh, um, the last couple of years, uh, show has really stepped up to the plate mm-hmm. where they have some really, really good internal parts. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, like even our stuff is a lot different than even A-Kit yeah. show stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know there's not a whole bunch of difference between the KYB, A-Kit, and the work that, stuff. That I don't know. Yeah, yeah, at least when I was doing yeah. it and involved in it. So, um, And then some of the teams are, are you running that new show of fork with the fork spring in one side? Uh, yeah, some, you, some teams are, yeah. You like that? No, we haven't had real we, – we didn't play with it enough, I don't think. Because mm-hmm. when we got into testing it, our, our – settings that we had were really really good anyways mm-hmm. like uh trey was really happy with suspension yeah so we spent a few days with jeremy mcgrath testing the single-sided stuff and we got it pretty good but we weren't we weren't at the point where we we're ready to commit to throwing away what we had right right that's that's another thing I'll, i'm going to say that when it comes to suspension and settings and everything you know like companies are always trying to make stuff better right right but a lot of times you got to be really careful Mm-hmm. that you don't throw out the old stuff just because you have something new. Yeah. Like, a lot of times we have some new components that 
we'll play with and test for a year before we actually go racing with yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's not ready yet, you know? Right. We're in the past sometimes, I think. You know, Honda or Show or whatever. Oh, I'll send over the latest, greatest stuff, and you just automatically start running it. Right, right. You're like, oh, and then boy. six months later, you go back and test your old stuff and go, like, what the heck were we thinking? Bell-bottom upper tubes on KYBs. Yeah. Remember we had those? Yeah. At Yamaha? Yeah, and we wanted to get them, too, because you guys had them. <laughs> yeah. They turned out that they, on aluminum frame, they weren't so good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's oh. what we find now. We yeah. we get some new stuff, and we and now with, you know, with the real good dyno we have, we, mm-hmm. we tested a ton on there, and we got, you know, pretty darn good test rider yeah so perhaps you've heard of him (laughs) yeah you might have heard of him Uh, he's won a few races yeah and Um, and but but have you guys but have you guys made up that's the question have you two made up and buried your beef (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we'll get to that but yeah so so we use jeremy you know to go out and we test stuff right and if it's not ready you know because we get a small limited quantity of something to test right and if it's not ready we won't purchase it yet yeah you know we'll say no 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 and then We'll keep testing, keep testing, and then maybe the next Supercross or the next outdoor or whatever, we figure it's better than what we have, and then we'll commit to using it. Right, right. Well, I think it's funny. I was reading an old motocross magazine, um, and I don't know what fork it was, but they were touting their single-sided spring forked. Uh-huh. And you know, in the early '80s, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, people well, are just nothing to do, right? yeah, they just bring <laughs> it back." You know, Cowie yeah. brings it back in 2010 and goes, "Oh my God, check it out!" But yeah. uh, oh, whatever, funny. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's get in the time machine. Let's go back. Enough okay. enough talk about that. Although I think people are going to love what we just talked about, gearhead people. But uh, okay, so you're from Canada, Thunder Bay, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, raced against the rollerball. Mm-hmm. That's all. We, that's all we need to know. Uh, <laughs> uh, national number six in Canada for a couple of years. National number eighty seven in the U.S. Couple um, years, yeah. Yeah, you were, you were a fast, fast pro rider. I was okay. Do you? Do you look back on your career and you're happy with it? I mean, do you think you should have just went to the States and just raced full-time down here? No, I wasn't good enough for that. No, you don't think? No. No? No. What uh, I do look back, I go, man, if I only knew then what I know now about setting up a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> good point, right? Yeah, I would have done better. <laughs> I mean, it's like anybody. If only, yeah. you know, I wouldn't yeah. have done those hookers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, only if I would have set my bike up better <laughs> and trained harder. Man, I would have done good. <laughs> well, I think, I don't know, I mean, you were a very good sand rider. I don't know, yeah. you, you didn't have an awesome natural talent. I think number six, number five in Canada, you think you tied for five one year, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's that was pretty good for what, yeah. you know, what you did. Um, yeah, I did, I did all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, like I say, I don't think I had a ton of natural talent. Right. But I was stubborn and I wouldn't give up, so. Yeah. And you always you always came down here and did Gainesville and Daytona and some yeah, Supercross. Yeah, I Florida every winter for right. like about nine or ten years in a row. I'd go down there. Yeah. Ride. Ride at Croom and Ride at Croom and tank full after tank full of gas at yeah. Croom. That's Be- why I was good in the sand. Best result uh best result in a US race. What, what do you think? What was Ooh, your, what's, what's, uh, what's the best race for you? Mill Millville National five hundred class I wanna say maybe eighty eight or eighty nine. Mm-hmm. I think I got an eleventh or twelfth one moto. Sweet. Good. I actually ran like seventh place for twenty minutes. Yep. And I really faded bad <laughs> last ten minutes in the moto. Right, right. I remember, I remember, remember Jeff Leesk? Yeah, yeah. Factory Honda guy? Yeah. He passed me about four times that race. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'd go flying by me, I'd be like seventh place, he'd go flying by me, and then he'd crash. Yeah. Two laps later, he'd go flying by me, and then he'd crash. <laughs> so I'd go like six, seven, six, seventh, all moto. Right. And then I just, I died pretty bad. That was it. Yeah. So I think that was my best moto. You, uh, you made Daytona Maine all the time. A couple times. Yeah, a couple times. But they took more riders in. They took yeah, 30 riders they did. in. They the, did. Um, uh, I, I made it right out of the heat race, too. Nice. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, of course, um, you know, you race the rollerball. I don't need to yeah. go over yeah. that. But 
It wasn't for the rollerball, I would have won a lot of championships. Um, rollerball wasn't was no. was a, <laughs> ball was was a, I, I don't want to divert this into a rollerball ca- cast because I do yeah. that so many times. But yeah. rollerball was a bad dude, right? Yeah, really. That guy was awesome. Right. Okay. So just for people who are listening. <laughs> yeah. Just so you keep me on the phone, the guy was awesome. Right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, sort of uh, as you're. Uh, you were always into suspension, right? You just started monkeying mm-hmm. around with your bikes? Is that kind of yep. how it started? Yep. It started because I'd send my stuff away to all these aftermarket companies. I was never really happy with what I got back. Mm-hmm. So myself and my um, good friend Ted decided we've got to learn this ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we just started messing around. You know, took, uh, talked to everybody we could and tried to learn a little bit here and there. And right. Screwed a lot of stuff up. And yeah. I well, remember going to uh, motorcycle scrapyards. And buying old suspension just to steal the shims out of them. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Buying boxes of old suspension for fifty bucks to take the shock to take the shims out. The shims. Yeah, because yeah. if the shims are the same size, because you couldn't size. get them, you know. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I didn't know that. Or better yet, I remember taking shims and grinding them down on a grinder to make them smaller diameter, and then surfacing on sandpaper to get the rough edge off the side. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now you throw away shivers by the dozens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're at, you had a successful racing career. Didn't make a lot okay. of money, but yeah. successful. Um, uh, when did you just decide to pack it up, and, and why? Like, what uh, what kind of led you into the Nolene job? Um, I think it was. I think '92 was the last year I raced full time up there. Right. And I was, I think, 20, I was already like 28 years old, yeah. and. I was tired of uh, beating my head against the wall. You know? Yeah, I was. I wasn't getting any better. I was uh, heavily in debt, and I just decided that it's time to give up the dream. Right. right. Although so I went and worked uh, at a friend of ours machine shop for a couple of years. Jan Vitesnik. Yeah, which was really really awesome. Right. Got taught me so much that I still use today. You know. Yeah, he's I a smart still, dude, man. He what? He's a smart dude. Yeah, really, really, really smart. And he was a damn good rider too. Yeah, he was. Didn't he? Um, I think he's made a billion dollars in that hospital industry uh making I don't know about a billion but he made a lot i know he was making a bunch of uh parts um contracted to other companies and he sold the, the machine shop business out i believe yeah for okay. like a few million bucks i think right yeah i hope he did because the guy worked so hard it's he, incredible he's the one who gave me a ride to denver to meet up with you that's right yeah that's right so, so he's cr- responsible yeah, yeah, he got he, you across the border. He's, he's the one who got me across the border. Good point. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but you did make a comeback in racing a few times, and I did manage to beat you here and there. I was very proud of myself for beating Shane Drew. Yeah, but you know, I was I, was I retired at that point. You were you were retired, and you were riding somebody else's Yamahas. But yeah, still, uh, who was it? George Balkan. George Balkan's Yamaha. Made a deal with him that I'd do a suspension if he'd let me race his bike once in a while. Right, right. I couldn't yeah. beat you in the sand. You were still no. hauling ass, even for an old man. But yeah. Uh, yeah. anyways, uh, enough about that. So, so okay. I worked at Machine Shop for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, really missed being involved in the racing. And then a good friend of mine, not a really good friend of yours, I don't think, but maybe not, Joe Skid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe, um, Joe doesn't like me. Irresponsible journalism. <laughs> Joe Skid, good friend of mine, uh, told me that uh, Clark Jones at Nolene was looking for a mechanic. Mm-hmm. So out of the blue, I called him up. Oh, yeah, just cold yeah. call. I called him up. Yeah. And Clark told me, well, if Joe recommends you, then you got the job. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. And, and, well, how else could you hire somebody that <laughs> will work for free, basically? Yeah, basically. I, I, <laughs> so. what, was your first, what was your first pay? How much was it? Mine was 300 a week. <laughs> I think I was making 350 a week. 350 right. a week. And, and this was Nolene, who had uh, Brooks, Larry Ward, 
Kyle Lewis doing uh, supercrosses, ultracrosses, right? Correct. Right. So you, Correct. you you haul ass down to California. My first my first job was the next week. I met Larry Brooks over in Geneva, Switzerland, for supercross. Oh, it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. Showed up and said, "Hey, I'm your new mechanic." <laughs> Go to Geneva, your first yeah. race. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. Um, Wait, before we get too far into it, people should realize a real cool accomplishment that you did as a racer. 10th place at the Veronica Beach Race in like 88 or 89. Well, uh, I hate to correct you. Oh. But it was actually, I think, 8th place. 8th place out of, yeah. you know, 5,000. Yeah, whatever. 650 riders, yeah. 650 riders, beach yeah. race. Yeah. 8th place. Uh, that's that pretty, pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it was, it was probably the, the coolest thing, one of the coolest things I've done on a dirt bike. I don't know how you decided to enter a beach race, so that's still kind of. Well, same thing. You know, I was, I was stubborn. Yeah. And I'd ride anywhere for a few bucks. Yeah. Right. I like to tell tell Paul Lindsay that I was a Canadian version of Paul Lindsay. <laughs> I'd ride anywhere for five hundred bucks. Yeah. Find me anywhere in the world. Right. Five hundred bucks. <laughs> so I do. I knew I was good in the sand. I heard about this race. I seen it on TV or something, and it was just something really cool. Yeah. So I found out the promoter's name and number, and I gave him a call. Oh wow! You so did. I, I can't remember. I think yeah. I faxed him. Maybe there was fax machines then. I guess. But yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, he'd never had a Canadian at his race before. So so that was it? Yeah. I remember Sean Kalos was the top American that went over. Yeah. So him and I were there, pitted at the same uh, Honda team. Yeah. I think he got third overall, and I got eighth overall. Wow. It was three motos. Just tapped was, on a beach, huh? It, it was awesome. <laughs> it was what? Just wide open on a beach. Yeah, Just... it was CR500 geared up to do 105, 110 miles an hour <laughs> with no steering damper. It seriously doesn't sound fun to me. You say it's fun, but it sounds like that. Well, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was exciting. Um, you know? All right. So anyway, and so that, yeah. yeah. So I did that race four years in a row. Oh, you did? I didn't yeah. know you did that many years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the next year I went back, and yep. I actually, because the first year I actually had to start in the second row. Yeah. So the next year I went back, had a good start pick, started on the first row, and actually whole shot all three motos. Nice. I was pretty stoked about that. Right. And what did you ever do that good? You didn't do that good again, but no, I kept. Fashion and things like that. Right, right, right. So. Oh, cool. Okay, so you go to Geneva. You meet Larry yeah. Brooks. Hi, I'm, yep. I'm Shane. Yep. <laughs> yep, I'm your mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually, I think, did pretty good that weekend. Yep. Went home, um, flew back to Canada, loaded up my pickup truck, drove to California, mm-hmm. and showed up in, uh, showed just... up at Nolene and said, hey, I'm Shane, and uh, yeah. I'm starting to work here today. Wow. That was it. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you did some autocrosses and stuff like that? Yeah, I think uh, that was, I think, beginning of December. So we had about a month to get ready for mm-hmm. for the first race, which I think was in Orlando. Oh, yeah. So drove back to Florida and did the first race. Yeah. And, uh, but things went sideways quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Larry got hurt, I think, at Daytona, maybe. Yeah. Um, Ultracross was falling apart, that series. Mm-hmm. I think we drove from, me and another guy drove from uh, Orlando to Seattle for an Ultracross that was canceled. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, Larry got hurt. We weren't really getting along that well anyways. Yeah. Um, so when he got hurt, I asked Clark Jones just to, just says, I'll just, just work in the shop for a while. Yep. Just doing suspension, oil yep. changes and whatever. Yep. Yep. And again, worked, learned a lot there. Yep. For sure. Worked uh, an old guy. What was his name? Bob, uh, Bob Elliott. Bob Elliott. Venture guy there. Yep. Awesome old guy. Um, worked with him. And then uh, I just told him, when you know when Larry gets healthy, you should probably find him a new mechanic because <laughs> I don't want to work for him anymore. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, 
uh, Kyle Lewis. I can't remember. He wasn't getting along with his mechanic. Or I don't know what happened or he Shocker. quit or something. Shocker. Lewis. I can't remember. Yeah. And then he, but him and I seemed to get along good, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't working for him. Right. So he asked if I'd come back on the road and be his mechanic. Uh-huh. So that was, I think, partway through. 95? Partway through the Nationals, 95. Yeah. And then uh, we finished 95 off with him, and then all of 96, I worked for him. And 96, uh, the team kind of just scaled back to you and a box fan, right? Yeah, it was just, yeah. just me and Kyle and a box fan. And uh, good results of the Nationals that year. That yeah, we got, we got third a couple rounds, I think. Maybe yeah. fourth or fifth overall. Yeah, good test rider, right? He was a really good test rider. Yeah. Yeah. And, very, uh, very, very fussy with his bike. At the end of 96, I don't know how it happened, but how did you get your foot in at Honda? Because now Honda wanted to hire you. They were had some openings. Kenny Watson actually interviewed at one point for Scott really? Sheik, and and, uh, and they were looking for different guys. So how did that come together, you getting an interview at Honda? Well, at the end of 96, Kyle Lewis got a deal to go ride in Japan. Right. Which, um, which was really cool. And he was trying to get me to go over there with him. But Suzuki Japan wouldn't hire me as a mechanic. So um, I was looking for another job. Oh, back up a bit. Washugo, I think it was Washugo National, 96. I I had known Cliff White for a long time. My family knew him when he was up in Canada a long, long time. He was working a couple years up there. That's right. I forgot this story. So my family kind of knew Cliff. He was working for Jimmy Weinert, wasn't he? What's that? He worked for Jimmy Weinert in 79 or 80 or something. No, he worked for a guy named Jan-Eric Salkvist in Canada. Like I said. (laughs) <laughs> Canadian champ many, okay. many times over. Right. And then he went back to the U.S. and he worked for Steve Wise. Right. And him and Steve Wise went to Honda at the same time. Okay. That's how he got in at Honda. But anyhow, fast forward to 96, uh, Washougal National, working in the back of my truck, box van, getting Kyle's bike ready. And Cliff walked by and gave me his business card and said, call me, I might have a job for you. Really? Cliff yeah. came to you? Yeah, well, I knew him a little bit, right? You, you were like, hey, yeah, like you knew him on a casual level. Hey, I, I, was the, I was the kid that kept bugging him every weekend trying to get a job at Honda, right? Like, hey, there's Cliff White and say hi, but Cliff wasn't super good guy, but not the most outgoing guy. Yeah, not a, not a, real, not a real chatty guy. Not Kathy. a real talkative guy. No. So he, I just bug him and he'd blow me off every weekend, right? Okay. So, but he knew who I was. Right, so Washougal, he comes back. Washougal gives me his business card and says, call me. I might have a job for you next year. I'm like, yes. Right. But, so I was just, like really excited. But he was trying to get me a job on the Honda support team then called Primal Impulse. Oh, yeah. So that's what he had lined up for. Robbie Renard. And, Robbie Renard. Yeah. Um, I don't even know who else. Oh, Parolio. Parolio, maybe. Parolio, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was trying to use, that's what he was thinking of. But that didn't work out. But at the end, what ended up happening at the end of 96, I actually got a job at Showa. Oh, you did? I was going to be Suzuki's Showa suspension guy. Ah. Kyle Lewis went to Japan with Suzuki. Yeah. He hooked me up with an interview at Suzuki in the U.S. Right. And Roger recommended me for the job at Showa. So I went to Showa, got interviewed, got the job. Right. But Which is for sweet, whatever you happened, were sweet. It was, it, was, it was sweet. It was a job. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it was pretty good. Right. But it was, I couldn't start right away. It was kind of a messed up deal where, you know, I was supposed to move down. They wanted me to move down closer to Showa in Torrance. But they didn't know what they they couldn't tell me what they're going to pay me. Right. Um, they didn't know when I was going to start. Like it was kind of a. Like, like what, you were like, like, what am I back at Nolene? Yeah. What's going on here? Like, and no disrespect, because I think I think it was just way above them. Their management somewhere right. was kind of delaying, right? Right. Right. So I'm like, what's going on here? And in the meantime, so I call up Cliff White and say, hey, hey, thanks for trying to get me a job, but I accepted this job at Showa. So he's like, oh, cool. That's very good for you. That'll be a good place for you. 
So, but then it wasn't happening. So right. in the meantime, Cliff calls me back and goes, hey, you started a show yet? And I go, no, you know, I kind of explained him the deal. He goes, well, I might have a job for you here at Honda. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. You're, like, you know, you're like, not uh, primal. I don't want to work at Pro, yeah. you know, Cliff. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, no. He goes, Skip Norfolk's retiring, and <laughs> I want to know if you want to work for Jeremy. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, for Jeremy McGrath. And he goes, you think you can do it? And I'm like shaking in my boots, but I go, yeah. Cliff, I can do anything. <laughs> yeah, of course I can do it. No problem. Yeah, I can do McGrath, anything. no right? problem. Right. Yeah, no problem. I can do that. He goes, all right, we're going testing tomorrow up at uh, Edwards Air Force Base. Yeah. Can you come out there and meet Jeremy and hang out for the day? Right. I'm like, no problem. I'll be there, right? Yeah. I hang up the phone, and I'm just, holy man, I can't. I'm yeah. just shaking in my boots. Right. You know, I can't do this job. You went from, I'm not you went from sleeping, job. In, sleeping in Kyle Lewis's box fan, uh, yeah. you know, six months ago to yeah. uh, to yeah. I'm, like, I'm not qualified for this job, but I'm not going to turn it down. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah, and, you know, and you know, Jeremy just finished winning like right. what thirteen or fourteen Supercrosses or something. Yeah, and the outdoor title, and yeah, yeah. So if he sucked the next year, we all know yeah. what the change in his program was. I would be ready to point my finger at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. So I went out the next day to the test. Met up with Jeremy, met up with the team, kind of hung out. You yeah. know, Mike Offler was there working for Lampson. And, yeah. You know. Were you working on the bike? Did you work mm, on it? Or? Not really, no. 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 Just kind of hung out, you know. And it was uh, the new one, the new aluminum frame bike? Yeah, it's brand new. Right. So they weren't liking it. Right. Jeremy wasn't liking it. No. And at that point, Did he I express think, himself as not liking it? Was um, he like, like, yeah, you yeah. can tell he wasn't real happy with it. Right, right. But I also think at that point, contract negotiations were falling apart anyways. Right. So I think he... You know, he kind of basically got the pressure. Yeah, yeah, you know, we'd get along fine. You'd be a good mechanic. Yeah, whatever. Because he knew he was out. I think he really cared. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> he probably knew he was leaving. <laughs> so, so okay. I went and did the thing, the test. The next day, Cliff, Cliff tells me, okay, next day, come down to Torrance. You have to have an interview with Wes McCoy. Right? Remember yeah. Wes? Yeah, yeah, Wes McCoy. Nobody, MXA didn't like him, but. Well, Wes was pretty, pretty rough kind of guy. Okay. You know, wasn't a real good people person. But a great guy. Uh-huh. Like, so I went down, walked into Wes McCoy's office, like thinking, shaking again, like, oh, right. man, i got to do an interview here to get this job. Yeah. And he just 
drops a contract down in front of me. He says, okay, sign this, and you can start tomorrow. No way. Really? Yeah. No interview? Yeah. No interview. He says, if Cliff White wants you, you got the job. <laughs> I'm like, wow. all right, where do I sign? <laughs> right. Right? So I signed the deal, called my wife. I won't hey, believe it. And it was probably <laughs> like 20 times more money than Nolene, of course. Uh, double, yeah. Yeah, double. Yeah, more than double. Right. So I'm like, I can't believe I just got a job at Team Honda. Yeah. So I started the next day. Wow. Got my tools down, started the next day. Working for Jeremy McGrath. Yeah. I didn't even know this part of the story, Droopy. I didn't know it was that quick at all. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, it all happened in like a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so you're working for McGrath, but then shortly after, how long after did things start going sideways? I think I actually tested with him maybe two or three times. Okay. And you can tell there was some tension going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were all smiling and, and happy. Like, <laughs> like, this is kind of a weird deal, right? Right. And all along, Cliff's telling me, don't worry, we're confident, it's going to work out. Right. Right? It's going to work out. Yeah. And then it all just fell apart. <laughs> McGrath I'd, said, I'd been there like McGrath, two weeks. McGrath said, I hate that new mechanic. I'm out. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe. So I'd only been there about two weeks. Right. So I remember going up to Cliff. I go, all right, Cliff, I, our light, right, my rider just left. Yeah. What do I do now? It's crazy that they would sign you before MC actually signed, yeah. you know? Yeah. But anyways. Well, I guess maybe they really did feel it was all going to work out. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Because they could easily put you off, put the mechanic off for yeah. two, three but weeks. But remember, this was, this was December already. That's true, right. So there wasn't much time. Right. So he goes, you got a contract? I go, yeah, I just signed it like a week ago. He goes, well, then you got a job here. Right. We'll put you, we'll, we, well, there's plenty of work to do. Don't you worry. It's probably, and it's probably, you're probably exaggerating the number of words that Cliff actually used. <laughs> yeah, probably. <clears throat> so, you know, so I just became an in-house test guy. Okay. Which was actually probably, looking back, really good for you, right? Actually, it was really good. It, <laughs> like, in, in instead of being thrown the into the fire. Thing. Right. Instead of being thrown in with McGrath. Thrown in with the graph on a bike he didn't like, probably results not weren't going to be as good as the year before. Right, right. And I'm sure tension would have been high. Yeah, yeah. So so I spent two years being in-house test guy. So Lusk and Lampson. Nope, nice. no, no. Cheek, Lampson. Cheek and Lampson. Or first maybe year. just Lampson. Yeah, Cheek and Lampson the first year. Cheek and Lampson the first year. And then Lusk. And then Yogi the year after that. Right, right. Yeah. Just doing test stuff and doing whatever. Driving the test box van, going around, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, Yogi, good guy. Lampson, good guy, too. So. Both really good guys. Right. Really uh, good guys. So then you get uh, you get a rider. You get Tortelli. Well, even before that, there's another step in there. Oh. So, you know, I was supposed to be show a suspension guy, but I didn't take that job. Right. Right? So when I got the job at Honda, I called up the boss at show, and I – I can't even remember the guy's name. I think it was Tom Cagino was his name. Really, really, really good guy. Mm-hmm. And it was, this was really hard to do, but I had to call him up and say, hey, uh, yeah. sorry, but I don't want your job anymore. Right? right, right. And, like, that kind of floored him. They, they weren't too happy about that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Honda's test guy, you know, going to some races, going all tests, whatever. We go to Daytona that year, mm-hmm. and Honda's show a guy quits. Oh. He gets a job. I think uh, TRD, IndyCar stuff. Okay. So what? just out of the blue, he quits. This is 98? This is 97. 97. Okay, same year. Yeah. Same year, like three months after I started. Right, right. And so we have no suspension guy. And Showa has nobody to replace him with. So Wes McCoy says, Shane, <laughs> you know suspension. Okay, you're going to do that now too. Right. So I got from the next weekend, I think we had Gainesville National. 
Nice. Where did you like? Nice and easy jump, right? Yeah. yeah. So I I had to do lamps and suspension for that weekend. Wow. And so I think I remember, and I could be off a week or so here. I'm not sure. Right, right. But I remember getting three rear shocks from Showa that were Steve Lampson's outdoor settings. Right. This guy just won two national championships in a row. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mike Gosser was his mechanic. Gosser tells me, "This is easy, Shane, because the settings haven't changed in two years." Right. Right. The guy's dominated. Nothing's changed. Just service the shock. Right. Right. And get us ready. So I take the three shocks apart, and they're all different. <laughs> so like, all right, what is the correct one? Right, right. <laughs> so I think we, I think I put them together, and we went out and rode all three, three, and he picked the best one, and that was his new setting. Right, right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so so that all... was what beginning of March, I think. Yeah, order in Daytona. And then yeah. I think in June, end of May, maybe June. By then, Showa had hired somebody. Mm-hmm. Which was Mike Batista. Oh yeah, remember MB1. Yeah. yeah. So Mike Batista come in, and oh oh, but when I started doing the suspension for Showa, gotta remember they didn't like me anyways. Right. They weren't they weren't real fans of mine because I told them three months ago that I didn't want their job anymore. They really they held it against you, huh? Yeah, they weren't. They were. I don't know. If I mean, Japanese culture or what? But right. they were not happy about that. Right, right. And then of course uh, RC comes out and he's and he's beating Lampson. Yeah. yeah, 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 getting spanked. So. Right. So I'm servicing our suspension at Honda mm-hmm. because Showa wouldn't let me work there. And so I go there to get parts, and they wouldn't give me any parts. Wow. And, okay, here's one seal, you know? Yeah. Here's one sticker. Here's a shim. And it's like, come on. <laughs> right, right, right. So this was like a really, really tense tense uh, situation. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, So... Honda's telling me I'm the suspension guy. Showa's telling me you can't work on our stuff because it belongs to us. And yeah. it's like really bad. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. I just I just really want a job. Yeah. 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 Wow. So then they hired Mike Batista. Right. Who turned out to be a really good guy. Yeah. So then he was the guy at Showa. And you went back to the test guy. I went back to test guy. But also, Wes McCoy says, well, you know more about suspension than this new guy Showa hired, so you overlook, see everything he's doing. <laughs> That kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, really, huh? So that was pretty tense. Yeah. So we, we butted heads a lot, but it ended up being, we, we ended up working out all right. It, right, right. It turned and, out pretty good. And eventually, hopefully, Shore came around. Yeah, 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 for sure, <laughs> for sure. So that was, you know, halfway through 07 and the rest of 08. Or no, 97 and 98. Yeah. Right? And, then, and then that's when they hired more riders, and I started working for Tortelli. And, um... What did you think when, when they came to you? Did you have a choice? Or were you like, hey, I want to be a race mechanic? Or was it sort of like, uh, hey, you're going to be a race mechanic for Sebastian Tortelli? No, actually what happened was um, back when Jeremy left and I said to Cliff, hey, what am I going to do now? You know, Right. And he was you know, pretty smart dude, says, just bide your time, work in-house. we got a lot of – he says, there's this young French kid I really want to hire named Tortelli. Mm-hmm. And that was like a year before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he goes, he'd be perfect on our team, and you'd be perfect working for him. Yeah. So right. when he did hire him at the end of 98. You knew it was coming. Then Cliff came and said, all right, we've, we've hired Tortelli. Do you want to work for him, or do you want to still be in-house test guy? I says, because mm-hmm. you know, you're a valuable guy in-house. We like, maybe it's just blowing smoke at me. I don't know. But he said, you're doing a good job, so what do you want to do? And I go, well, I really want to be a race mechanic for Team Honda. So I said, I'll work for Tortelli. 
which was great. Yeah. Uh, so you started working for Tortelli. Yeah. Um, uh, still to this day, one of the nicest guys in the pits, without a for doubt. For sure. Uh, great, great guy. You come out, you have a rough supercross season, which is to be predicted, mm-hmm. to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but you come out for the Nationals, and I'm telling you, 99 Glen Helen, mm-hmm. it still, to me, is one of the most impressive rides I've ever seen from anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's up in my top five, you know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. blew me away. Um, mid-pack starts. Mid, I think he was like... <laughs> Was he, was, he got top 40 starts. Was, was he worse than that, really? Um, yeah. And then just, uh, did he win both motos? He won yeah. both motos. Yeah. Won Crushed him. And uh, phenomenal day, right? Yeah. Like, dominated. Right. Like, you, you, there's no way coming in the season, coming into the outdoors, you thought that, right? Or, or were well, you... we, we knew he was pretty damn good when we were outdoor testing, right? Okay. Like, yeah, this yeah. guy's pretty strong. Right. And a lot of people blew it up. Ah, oh, he'd been practicing at Glen Helen all the time and whatever. But he had rode there two or three times. Yeah. A track nothing like the national, like Glen Helen never is, right? Right, right, right. So he didn't know the track, but the guy was the guy was phenomenal. <clears throat> yeah, so, wow, what a ride! And you got to remember, ninety nine was when they decided we should all have concrete starts on all the starting gates. Yeah, that's true. Right, right. The guy had never started on a concrete start before. Right, right. Yeah, good point. So he he didn't he was didn't know what to do. Right, so he was getting horrible starts every moto. Yeah, but Glen Helen he just killed him. Oh, just yeah, because the track was. Big, long, fast, rough, yeah. and you could pass anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I remember him coming down some of those hills, just you know, I'm, a gear higher than everybody. I remember him passing Jimmy Button going up the hill on his 400 Yamaha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming around the outside of him, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was a great ride, and, and and that whole year, you guys led that led the nationals the whole yeah, way. Well, and you know, he struggled with starts every moto, right? But not every track he could come through the pack like he did at Glen Helen, right? So he'd come through and, you know, went to Hangtown and got like a fifth and a seventh or something like that and, you know, been real frustrated and, you know, won a moto, some motos here and there. But, yeah, we were uh, leading the points standings all the way up to Unadilla. Yeah, when uh, Doug Henry landed Yeah, him and, him and Henry collided, mm-hmm. um, jumping up a screw you, I guess it was. Yeah. And he ended up dislocating his wrist really bad. Yeah, bummer. Yeah. So, um, so that was it. That was the dream was over there. Yep. Uh Working for Tortelli, though, uh, you've told me many times, uh, frames, wheels, bars, right? I mean, the guy's just... He he was hard on equipment. <laughs> His yeah. elbows are up, and he's charging at all yeah, times. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't, like, really out of control, but... Right. No, he wasn't wild or out of control, but no. he wasn't smooth. Right. So, just a, a lot of he, work he, as a mechanic, yeah. right? Yeah. When you think, oh, yeah, for sure. When you think back to those years? Yeah, tons of work. Uh, but but it was all worth it when the guy tried so hard. Right, right. Good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't mind doing it at all because you knew he was breaking stuff because he was trying so hard. Right. Um, and then uh, you know he never did win a title, but he, you know one year he led he led the standings at the halfway point in the outdoors. Yeah. Uh, until did he run out of gas? Was that when he lost the lead? No. Uh, um, I don't remember. Well, I'm getting my years mixed up, but yeah. Well, '99 his first year, we led all the way up till he got yeah. hurt in Dilla. Right. The next year, Ricky Carmichael showed up in the 250 class. Right. So that made things substantially harder. Yeah. Um, but he still he battled with Ricky oh. like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Went back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, people think that Carmichael walked to it, but there's actually you know Sebastian had him covered a lot of times. Yeah, like it, like there wasn't there's not many people that can say they caught and passed Ricky. Yeah. You know. Quite a few motos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I remember, I think it was Bud's Creek one year, 2000, 2001, can't remember, where he passed 
Ricky. Ricky passed them back and brake checked them in the next corner. Oh, yeah. Locked it up and looked back. Right. And I remember Sebastian was just, he didn't even know what to think about that. Right, right. He goes, that is so unprofessional. Like, he just, he just, he just jaw was Like, I couldn't believe it. We're going to have a duel at noon. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, wow. Right, right. This American racing's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he battled them hard. Yeah, it, it seemed like it at times, man. It was crazy. And then, of course, you had the heartbreaking red bud where you ran out of gas. Yeah. After catching and yeah. passing Ricky. Catching, passing him, and then, you know, away. Yeah. Uh, 20 feet to go, 30, yeah. 30 feet yeah. to go, you run out yeah. of gas. That, uh, yeah, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sebastian tend to use a lot more gas, fuel, than, than Yogi on our team at the same time, for sure. Uh, how was it, that team, with, uh, you, had, you had K-Dub, Pichon, Yogi, Tortelli? St- yeah. Some stars there, huh? Yeah, one year we had all four of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it was it crazy? Egos out of control sometimes, or everybody worked um, pretty good together. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, you know, you know Pichon was a was a difficult guy to work with. Yeah, so it was hard to get along with him, but but for the most part, everyone worked pretty good. Yeah, I don't think Dan Bentley is going to send him any postcard, any Christmas no, probably cards not anytime soon. Probably not. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, what a, what a stacked team. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, um, well, do you know you know that that national you're talking about with Glenn Helen? Yeah. I think, uh, if I got it right, Ryan Hughes came back and rode that race also. Okay, from Europe? From Europe. Borrowed a bike from us and rode it. Yeah. And I believe Hondas went one through five overall. That really? Round. Yeah. I know Tim Ferry went 11-10 on his no-lean Yamaha. Really? Yeah. yeah but Team uh, Honda went one through five overall at the first round of the year, and we did not win the championship. Yeah, yeah really, huh? If you think yeah. about that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Did you uh, did you ever make the podium on a super in a supercross? Yeah, you did with Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. I think we got I think we got second at Pontiac. Oh, okay, cool. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, never came as easy to him, huh? Like no. Was there no, any? We didn't, we didn't. He didn't have that flow and easy riding style, you know. Yeah. Did he, was there any talk of benching him for outdoors? Like just until the outdoors? No, no, I don't think so. No. You know, I think he, well, he got benched a few times on his own just because of injuries. But right, right, yeah. 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 No, and he was, he, was, he was so stubborn. He wanted to learn it. He wasn't giving up for nothing. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a great guy. I've done one of these with him, too. Yeah, uh, maybe, fantastic guy. Maybe three months ago or so. One of, the, one of the best guys you'll ever meet in this yeah. industry. Still very nice. Still see him all yeah. the time. Um, yeah. and, still- and what people don't understand a lot, well, part of it is, I think he was 19 years old when he came over. Was he that young, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how professional and mature and responsible right. the kid was at 19 yeah. to move over here and start a whole new career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. 19? I didn't even yep. know that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so three years of Tortelli. And four then years of Tortelli. Four years of Tortelli? Yep. And, uh, and then then what What from there? Then um, Carmichael was on Honda then? Carmichael was on Honda starting of 02. Yep. Tortelli's last year on Honda. Carmichael was there already. Oh, okay. The 02. Yeah. They overlapped. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, and that was some battles. Yeah, yeah. I remember outdoor testing with those two guys, and Cliff actually kind of benched them both, saying, you guys got to slow down. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> it'd be like lap time battle. Yeah, yeah, just. Oh, he went he'd get his helmet back on and go out and do it. And then Ricky would put his helmet back on and go out and do another one. And, just a massive. You know, it's almost dark, and like Cliff's like, all right, you guys pull the pin. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, massive dick measuring contest yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, Ricky didn't like getting beat yeah. by anybody at any time. Yeah, I, well, I, I, my own opinion, Ricky Carmichael is ruined Sebastian's career. Yeah, because the guy, 
you know, Ricky Carmichael beat everybody to death, right? Right. And but so many riders would just accept they're going to get second behind him. Yep. And Tortelli just couldn't accept that. Like, right. I'm not going to get beat by this guy. So he would try and try and try and try. Even in year like three of yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like, and and that's what made him crash a lot because he would try so hard. Right. Right. Yeah, where he could have just cruised to a second or a third yeah. or whatever, yeah. and like like so many other guys were doing. Right. Yeah. But uh, oh, interesting theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what after, what happened after Tortelli? Um, then, uh, uh, I got partnered up with LaRocco. Oh, three? Oh, three. You worked for LaRocco? And that was, uh, how'd that deal come apart? Because you were getting paid by Honda, right? Yeah, yeah. I was getting paid by Honda. Well, he was riding a full Honda bike, um, getting paid by Honda, working that Honda, um, rolling the bike over under his truck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Uh, that's the way it started. And then after a few rounds, I was just working on his truck and everything. Right. Mike, Mike and I got along good. He's yeah, I was awesome gonna say, guy. how was that? Uh, awesome. Not, not a man yeah. of many words, but nope, nope, nope. But still, I got the 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 awesome deal of working with a guy that tries so hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, good point. You're yeah. right. Um, Tortelli and him, you can't ask for guys that didn't try try as hard as that. Was he doing Supercross only then? No, no, it was outdoors too. No, yeah, outdoors too. Um, on a four fifty or two fifty. Two fifty two stroke. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, those were the days. Huh? Remember those? <laughs> yeah, two fifty two strokes. Yeah. Um, yeah, him and I got along great. He yeah, was, he was a good guy. You enjoyed it. Yep. Was it weird working underneath the tent, or like all your buddies are over uh, at the other truck? Yeah, it's kind of weird at first. Right. You know, you're working with a bunch like of like the outcast, but you're working with a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Other, other, the other mechanics. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, well factory connection then was just Loraco. Oh, it was. Yeah. No, they had Goose and those guys, didn't they? Chessamen? No. No. Oh, okay. So it was just LaRocco. I think it was just LaRocco. Oh. And I think for the Nationals, they brought on K-Dub. Oh, okay. Out of a different truck. Was that the right year? I don't know. Was that 03 that K-Dub came back? No, K-Dub came back 04, I think. 03? He led Glenn Helen until he fell over there. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. (laughs) But it was just LaRocco. Right, right. So, 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 so you liked it? You enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was, it was, it was difficult. Uh huh. Um, on a, on a, just a, because a new experience, a new way of kind of doing it. But right. But yeah, him and I, it was good. It was Easier good guy to work for than than Tortelli. Different. Yeah. You know, he was actually didn't wasn't hard on equipment at all. Right. Um, very good at jetting. Uh huh. Very good at testing. Very good at knowing what he wants. Right. And uh, he just come in and say, okay, I want to. Uh, Give me a 400 main jet, a 37 pilot, and raise a clip half. Yeah. And you do okay. You're like, all right, sir. Yeah. Coming right up. Yeah. Uh, I think he's helped that team out a lot, don't you, don't you oh, think? Oh, yeah, for I sure. I think he's helped Kevin. I think he's helped all the guys. Yep. Um, yep. He's doing um, a good job over just there. Just being intense sure. or something, you know, I don't being himself, right? Yeah. Um, you know what's funny is I talk to uh, uh, a lot of guys at Fraction Connection now, and Mike's, you know, part, co-team manager, mm-hmm. and they had no idea I worked for him for a year. Oh, really? Even Trey Kennard didn't know that. Ah. It's funny. He's like, you work for Loraco? <laughs> yeah, I know. We're yeah. getting we're getting old, dude. Yeah. Get- I said, yeah. Before you were born. <laughs> yeah, funny. I remember you at the World Rounds. Uh, I was working for Ferry, and you were working for him there. Yep. One of the only Honda guys to go to the World Rounds. Yep. Um, and then okay, so a year with him, and then what? And then um, I'm not sure what what happened at the end of '03. Why he ended up kind of doing kind of kind of going back to just a factory connection deal, but. Uh-huh. Um, then I went back in house at Honda. That was it. Yeah. Uh, what you did you start doing test? Did you start doing suspension? Well, um, yeah, I can't, it went back into work in house. Um, 
there wasn't really a role there for chassis suspension guy, mm-hmm. but I kind of knew that's what I wanted to turn it into. Right. So it, that's what I turned it into. Yeah. Whether they really agreed or not. <laughs> right, right. You started doing chassis um, and suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, <laughs> at that time, um, Cliff was like technical director right. of everything to do with 252 stroke and 450. Right. And we started developing uh, 250F then, and Dan Bentley took that role on. Right. So he was technical director of the small bike, mm-hmm. kind of engine, chassis, everything. Right. Um, Cliff White was really, really good engine guy. Didn't have much experience with suspension or anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of pushed to want to kind of oversee that role and take that, that role over. Right. So I kind of just started just blending it into that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, started learning the CompuTrack machine down at Honda because it was there for the road race team. Right. Started learning that. You guys were doing CompuTrack in, in, uh, in 03? Yeah. 04? Yeah. Oh. Started to. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use it all the time now. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, nowadays it's it's big, right? Uh, I get it's for us. I don't know if anyone else uses it. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a few other teams yeah. use it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I started learning that, and then just started. And you know, we had uh, um, Ricky still in '04. Yeah. Missed Supercross, but came back for the uh, for the outdoor right. 450. And were you responsible for running him running that Honda setup, the Honda yes. suspension setup? That's when I kind of started really kind of getting responsible for the for the suspension setup then. Right. And that's yeah. when we all as a team kind of convinced Ricky, he, when he came back and was ready to ride, he had to start fresh and get rid of that yeah. weird it, it, setup. It, it, it worked so good at times and so bad at times, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that correct, do you think? I don't think it worked good any time. Well, <laughs> some, some of his corners. He made it work. Some of his corners were phenomenal. I think it was due to that suspension, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I still this day don't know how he won on that thing. Right? I know. Bars. How did he go that way? How did he start doing that? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyways, uh, we convinced him to go back to a normal setup on his 450, and it worked pretty darn good. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. came out of Hangtown and just whooped everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Did so he... since then, I just started. You know, and it's it's. I didn't go in. I knew always a little bit about suspension, but I didn't know near enough at that time. Yeah. So it's just been a wide open learning experience since then. Yeah, you're still learning today, right? Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um uh you have any favorite riders you worked with? Uh, any guys that rank right up there? I don't even even if you guys a suspension chassis guy, you know, like just Oh, uh, we I work with a lot of good guys. Yeah. You know, starting from Lampson to right. Yogi to Tortelli, um, you know. Yeah. Wyndham, Andrew Short's awesome. Ernesto was really cool. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot of good guys. Uh, uh, tensions were high when Wyndham came back, and, and RC was was the man, and Wyndham could lay it to him once in a while. Um, huh? <laughs> it, in a good way, tension yeah. in a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it, it it was good. It, but, it, no, nothing, no, no negative stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about Honda and how they have this reputation as being this big bad evil team. Yeah, we're 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 mean. You get it though, right? You hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Not as much as I used to hear it. No, not as much. You're right. But it's yeah. it was out there. It's been out there for a yeah. while. I think that was back um, back to Wes McCoy days. Right, right. You know, what? back thing, Wes was not a real people person. Yeah. But he was a, he's a really, really good guy. Yeah. The guy, when like when I hired on there, the guy would give you a shirt off his back if you needed it. Right, right. So, like, really good guy to work. Yeah. 
in some ways that way. Yeah, magazines tore him apart. Yeah, but I don't think he had a good. He wasn't a good people person outside right, the team, right. which sounds like was, someone you have now. Who? Gary Martini. Oh, <laughs> Gary's not that bad. <laughs> Gary's not a great. Pe- <laughs> Gary's not a real high people person. Just but, from the outside looking in. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but um, actually, it's it's a good thing because we always. Whenever Gary comes up with some of the things, we say, "Hey, Gary, that sounded a lot like Wes McGoy." <laughs> so funny, and yeah. uh, and so now you got Kehoe managing it, and Bentley's doing yeah. motors. You're doing the chassis. We're 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 a good group of guys. Right, it runs tight. Ship runs yeah. tight. We got we got a lot of really good guys on our team. Yeah, what's it like uh, testing with MC now? Uh, obviously, you guys buried your beef. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was, it was funny. Uh, um, but uh, how much does he help? Immensely. Immensely. Yes. So. Whatever, whatever's Honda paying him is well worth it, in yes. your opinion. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, in my opinion, the last couple of years we've been – how many years have you been testing? Four I years? don't know. Yeah. What year, what year did you do a couple of Supercrosses for us? Uh, 05. 05? Wow, yeah. it's been that long then. Yeah. Um, the, it, the first bunch of years we weren't using them very well, I don't think. No. Um, now, the last two years, I feel we've used them the way we should use them. Yeah. Where, in the past, we've – get all this new stuff, and we go out with our race guys, and we test and test and test, right? And they just run circles around and not make any progress. Uh-huh. And after about, you know, round five, round six, we call up Jeremy and go out and we straighten it all out. Right. Right? Where we, a couple of years ago, I made a decision that we're not going to do that anymore. So when we get anything new, we run through with Jeremy run, as long as it takes till we're ready to bring our race team guys in. Right, right. And that's... You weed it out and you get... Weed it out and maybe throw it out. Right. You know, maybe this isn't... It isn't, you know. Yeah. And I've had, we've had some mechanics over the years where would insist that, ah, oh, Jeremy doesn't ride like my guy, and, you know, my guy has different style and stuff like that, so I'm not paying attention to what he says. But 99% of the time, we get it so close with just Jeremy. Yeah, really, huh? His speed's yep. there, and, it, yeah, he's smart enough he, to know. You know he's, he's, he's still fast enough, yep. and he's got a really, really good feel. Right. And he's got the ability to test something and go, I don't like it, but it does this, this, and this well. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So and, you may, and, and so turn, you just got to you know, yeah. file that away that, you know, if that request ever comes up, yeah. you've got that part. And he'll be like, maybe Trey would like this because he likes this part. So maybe right. he would like right. this part. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, interesting. So he's, 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 he is one of, you know, a while ago you asked about, we got, you said, made a comment that we got our new bike working really well. Yeah, yeah. So he's really been integral part of that right right oh that's cool i didn't really know like i mean i knew he did stuff for you but it's cool to see you giving him that much credit yeah him and i did a lot of testing when was it during the nationals of 09 everybody's riding nationals Uh him and i went out quite a few times to our supercross track in like july and august yeah and tried some really crazy things on our bike probably not hot there at all or anything no not it didn't smell not hot nothing Um, and really tried some 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 mm-hmm. radical changes on it that all of a sudden opened some new doors. Right. And it's like, wow, okay, now we got something. Um, and then we tested a bunch. And by the time uh, September rolled around, we were testing, Supercross testing again with Davey and Andrew. Yeah. We went out with, you know, package A, package B. This is our old one. This is what we come up with Jeremy. Yeah. And everybody goes, yeah, all right, this is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, you were in the right direction. And then, and then we fine-tune it. And we've been doing that ever since, where we go out with him first. You know? Yeah, yeah. This, we did the same thing this year. You know, we went out outdoor testing with him for four or five times while everyone's still doing Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, a week ago or whatever, two weeks ago now, Trey shows up, first outdoor test, and 
he says this is the best outdoor bike I've ever rode. Yeah. And then he got hurt. Yeah, and so. then he got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's all, but back to it's all, Jeremy's very, very important right. on our team. There's uh there's an art to testing, isn't there? I, I used to get frustrated at Yamaha. And I mean I'm not saying I'm some sort of genius. I'm far from it. Uh but I used to get frustrated because our manager there, we would test and test and test. We would change a clamps, a front wheel and a forks all at one time and the we would test in the morning at the supercross track after watering when it was perfect and we would keep testing even when it was dry and shitty and we lost the track a long time ago and I used to just be like we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Yeah. Do, you, do you agree with me? Is there an art yeah, to yeah, testing? Yeah, for sure. There, I mean, are there days where you guys go, we're done? We're done. Like, we're not learning yeah. anything, we're, we got to go, or our rider's not into it, or whatever. Well, we've really tried to focus on doing our homework ahead of time before the test uh-huh. and com- coming out with specific packages we're trying. Right. Um, whether it's three or four rear shocks pre-built, already been dynoed, we know exactly what they are. Right. And we test, and then um, we take the comments and we leave. Yeah. Maybe they all suck, but there might be something something in there that was good. Right, Then right. we'll go back and work on the dyno and combine some good and some features yeah. of the good shocks and yeah. then go back and do it again. Yeah, there's, or, an, there's an art or to or it. Or I'll lay it all out on the CompuTrack of I need this clamp and this fork height and this link. Right. And you test that as a package. Right, right. So we're testing, a lot of times test a bunch of things at once, but it's not just, you know, pulling things out of the air. Yeah. There's a reason behind it. Right, exactly. And, and, and then there's a, re- there's a time to call it quits and, and realize and that. there's a time that the track goes away. And, right. But, but, the, but also, if you've got a good test rider, yeah. you know if the track goes away, you, can, you know that lap times aren't near as good anymore. Right. But you could still get a feel for it. Right, right. So. You, you, could, you could make it work. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I just feel like, uh, and also, too, the whole, we're going to test the Glen Helen until our balls fall off. And then by the time <laughs> we get to round, Mount Morris, round three, in the ruts and the tacky East Coast yeah, dirt, yeah. Now, we're, now we're lost. And, you know? and I think another thing a lot of teams do wrong, and maybe because they don't have the, the time to do it right, mm-hmm. you can't go testing there with four riders. Yeah, yeah. I agree. One, two at the max. Right. Well, what, what Dan Bentley and I work really good. You know, he does our engine stuff. Mm-hmm. I do the chassis stuff. So a lot of times we'll go out with two riders, but this day rider A is just working with engines and yeah. rider B is just working. And then the next day we'll switch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Right. Or, or we'll, we'll, we'll combine a fork test and an engine test if we know the two parts won't screw each other up, you know? Right, right, yeah, exactly. But if it's just a muffler or something. Right. Um, uh, how much do you watch other teams' bikes? How much do you care uh, about it? How much do you watch to, it? I try to watch them quite a bit. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you can learn something or gather something from it? Um, yeah. You never know exactly what mm-hmm. what they're running or using, but I think you can you can see a character of a bike. Do you think James just runs two by fours for Fork Springs? Um, I think yeah. I think I think <laughs> James' setup is pretty ridiculous. It's but he obviously that's what he wants because oh. everything he rides that's the way it is. Yeah, clearly. But it's so. stiff, right? I mean, and, it is. Yeah, his front and, end, and, and that's one of the reasons he goes so damn fast. Yeah. But it's also, I think, one of the reasons he falls down when he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, he runs a unique setup. He's uh, like Carmichael a little bit, but I mean, as far as uniqueness, not yeah. like Carmichael's, but yeah, yeah. as unique. Carmichael was slow and stiff in the back end mm-hmm. and uh, low, you know. And I think James is super stiff in the front. Just looks like it. Yeah, he, he clips stuff and he just keeps going. You know, yeah. like you're just like wow. And he can drop the front end in the whoops anywhere, anytime, and it just pops back up. Yeah, yeah. 
what you saw in Dallas, it's always not a, always a good thing to no. pop up so high. No. no. <laughs> but so you no. do watch other teams' bikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think you guys can do better as a team, as a, for bike setup? What are you striving for? Is there anything you want to talk about, or is there anything um, like? Not. I think our bike's pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah, you said it that. It could always it be good. better. Right. It could always be better in. So obviously, I mean, right now, okay. So maybe not right now because we're around fifteen. Mm-hmm. Round eleven, round twelve. Are you still dynoing supercross setups? Are you still yeah. looking for supercross yeah, yeah, stuff? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially going into a year where you know we have new riders, so it takes you a while to learn that the rider too, mm-hmm. and it takes you a while to figure out. Look, we had the advantage of working with Trey for six races yeah. last year, which was huge. Yeah, you know, that was did, a big. Did big, it help? Yeah. Big help for us coming in. You know, we had a pretty good package for him already in the fall. Mm-hmm. We've just been improving since then. Right. But but yeah, he you know he he's getting to learn, getting better at testing. Yeah. We're getting to know him better. Um, make the bike a little better. He starts going a little faster, and then he needs a, some other requirements. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. It's so like we're different. always tweaking, but we haven't done anything major. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we always got some some new stuff in the pipeline. So yeah. Yeah. We'll get out there with Jeremy and try some new stuff. I think uh, still. Here we are in 2011, and still the Hondas are the trickiest bikes. You know, really? like, well, just, I, I think so, but I'm biased. You know? Yeah, so. you're biased, but but I mean, just it's just always been that way. You know, you guys have the the Japanese support probably isn't there as much as it used to be, right? But uh, yeah, yeah, we definitely don't have an unlimited budget, like in the old days. And yes. I, I mean, I think everybody's like that. But yes, still, I think Honda's still got it going on as far as the I, I, trick, oh, it's good to hear. Trick well, I said that, but yeah. I know. I think our bikes are pretty trick. Uh, what about this traction control controversy that we had earlier in the year? And and you know, I mean, in, in some way, there's a form of traction control being used in ignition mapping. But uh, what do you think about that whole thing that happened? As a chassis guy. Oh, I don't know. That's electronics department. Right, electronics <laughs> department. Gotcha. Uh, um, well, cool, man. Hey, uh, uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I kept I, know you... I put you off for a long, long time. You did. You did. And uh, and I'm glad I, I got it because uh, I think this is going to be a cool one for people to listen to. So. Hope so. Um, I kept you longer than I said I would, but too bad. That's all right. That's right. Um, I'm, but... I'm always spending the day home with my kid because she's in <laughs> school today, and you <laughs> kept me away from her. So Whatever, dude. I'm trying to get you press. I'm trying to get you <laughs> suspension chassis guys press. I, I'm not in it for the press. Uh, I know, but I'm going to get you accomplishment. Yeah. I'm sure after listening to this, the Honda guys are, are, are you going to Salt Lake? Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I want to thank you again for all you've done for me as far as uh, my yeah. career. Those, uh, I've been trying to those, forget about it. but Those yeah. faithful words, no one's going to hire you unless you come down here. <laughs> uh, you should have never told me that, Drew. No. Right. Well, I didn't think you'd uh, take me up on it. <laughs> yeah, no, huh? Exactly. No, but I, I did. So, well, right on, man. Thank you for doing the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. I no appreciate problem. it. And I know people uh, will dig listening to this. And uh, uh, we will see you uh, in Salt Lake City, right, man? You will for sure. All it's right. Been a good ride. So we'll keep it going. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, bud. All right. See Bye. you. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of 
the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. You know I've got to be fed up in the atmosphere.